In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Hello and welcome back to ATN Betches. I'm Sammy. And I'm Aileen. And this is our weekly succession recap for episode seven, Tailgate Party. Uh, if it is to be said, so it be so it is. Are, are you all right? Aileen. Oh my gosh, episode seven. I know. I feel like we've really crossed the Rubicon here. And yeah. our, our favorite shows are ending. Succession okay, and Vanderpump Rules, which is the oh. succession of Bravo, as we all know. I know. But I'm, like, more excited to watch the finale of Vanderpump than I am to watch the finale of Succession because I, it's a series finale versus season. Right. Because it's – right. I know what you mean. And also <laughs> because they're real people. <laughs> that, too. However, I really do miss Logan. <laughs> do you? You don't feel his presence among us? Uh, no, in this episode, I didn't feel his presence. I felt like his lack of presence, which caused all this instability. Like the longer he's the longer he's gone now, the he his his I guess his presence sort of starts to dwindle, and now they they're propped up by nothing. I have and a feeling the, it'll reemerge though, because they still have not had his funeral. But then after that, I know it's. After that, they're all on their own. But unfortunately, we won't get to see that because the series is ending. We're not going to get to know, like, what happens, you know, in a week from then. Right, right, Or a right. month or a year. Oh, my God. Yeah. So this episode, wild episode. Okay, so what did you think of Tailgate Party? Okay, let's do our shareholder earnings report. Okay, here it is. Okay. So I was kind of – my initial thought was a 375. You know what? Maybe even a 35. But the fight with Shiv and Tom on the balcony really took it to closer to a four in terms of like how defining that was and their acting and the lines and just the tension of them being between on a balcony, but also yeah, it was intense. having the party on the other side. So that really took it to a four. But then on the other hand, I sort of – this episode is, I would say, you know when people say they don't like succession because it's like yeah, they don't know what's – they don't think anything's happening. Yeah. That's what – this is the type of episode that I think gives it that reputation. But that doesn't really change my own enjoyment of it. For me, it was mm -hmm. sort of like the intersection of all my interests, yeah. gossip, <laughs> politics, regulatory Literally. schemes. Rich um, people. Rich people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I loved it. You know, I kind of want to give it a three – I want to maybe give it – I want to put it back in the 385. Okay. I'm going to give it a 375 because I agree that like this is one of the episodes. And not every every episode should be a four. You can't expect every episode to be a banger. You need the in-betweens, in-betweenies for the bangers. So like it's an important episode for sure. But I think I get, I would have, if not for that balcony scene, I probably would have given it a three five, but obviously an episode's an episode. So I give it a 375 just because like everyone – was just not at their peak, you know, in except everyone just made me cringe. Jerry. <laughs> this, except Jerry, was Jerry but peak. she was on it for like two minutes. She doesn't like, you know, increase the points of the episode. Connor, however, no, 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 no. Actually, who was at their peak was Connor. Yeah. Connor Willa. was the funniest. Connor was just yeah. literally, I was reading the outline for the recap that you write. Connor's section is so fucking funny. I was laughing out loud. Because it was just pure gold. It was just like conversational gold. <laughs> and I loved it. Yeah, he was – yeah, I would say he was on top this episode. And I, yeah, I totally agree with that. So, okay, you know what? I'm going to go down to a 375. I give it maybe closer to a 385 just because I my, my own personal interests. Yeah. But I do think, you know, if we're really being – if we're trying to be as 
pretend this is the Olympics and we're getting, <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. we're each rating the gymnasts. I think we're at a three seven five. Okay. And I, we can we can talk about the fight later. I have a I have a reason for why I think yes, the fight was amazing, and after watching it, like my stomach was upside down. But I still, I don't I don't actually think it's that important for the. I mean, it's important for the plot, but I don't think it's going to make as big of a dent as it seemed. You know, I agree. in 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 moment. Um, but okay, I do you want to give the recap of what happened? Just really quick overview of the episode and then we can get into like all the amazing details and all the things that happened and our ratings. Yeah, I don't I've never given a quick overview in my life of <laughs> anything. So I'll try. Okay. Um if so, not I can I can assist. So basically the episode surrounds the ATN election Eve tailgate party, which is Logan's tradition, but the kids are carrying on and it is being hosted at Tom and Shiz. In the background of this election party they are still trying to foil the Gojo deal, which kind of sort of ties into the election because whoever – because Kenzel wants to basically get um, regulators to kill the deal if they aren't able to kill it on price. So whoever wins the election will have influence over whether that happens. So that's happening. Matson comes to the party because he says that it's that Logan invited him, but really Shiv invited him because she's kind of playing – that's inside at the same time. Yeah. Roman and Kenzel find out some key information about Gojo and how it is maybe not the business everyone thinks it is. And they basically are now going to use that to try to kill the deal. By the end, Kendall wants to flip the deal so that Waystar will acquire Gojo and they'll be even bigger than dad was. <laughs> Jerry comes to the party and she kind of tells Roman that she wants like so much money and to basically have like five years of total control over her reputation. And then Tom and Shiv start off the party, start off the day, like really into each other, flirting, sexting. But by the end at the party, he, she basically, he feels that she like embarrasses him by allowing people to believe that he's definitely going to be fired from ATN after the acquisition and they, uh, yeah, like obviously, she's always the sacrificial I mean, lamb. I know. Yeah, always, every time. And then they have it out on the balcony, and then Tom kicks everyone out of the party. And that's <laughs> was that a short overview? I thought that was really, really good. I thought that covered yeah, like most things. The only thing I think I would also add is that Connor is now in like play in terms of like the, his political position because. Before yes. he was kind of seen as a nothing, and he's actually getting some percents. Um, his incre he's increasing in favor in polling in a few states, including Alaska. Alaska, and that's actually having an effect on Mankin's polling. So Mankin wants him to drop out, and so there's a really funny conversation about him like negotiating what he would want yeah. for dropping out. Yeah, basically Connor is in the position of being the spoiler candidate, and that's a yeah. pretty powerful position. So and Roman as kind of the like go-to between Mencken and the Roys is the one who is kind of trying to push Connor to to drop out. It's so funny to me that in this succession world like everyone's all concerned about the pipeline that Mencken has into ATN, but it's like Connor is a Roy. I know. No one even mentions this. Well, because they don't cover him in the same way. Right, they don't cover him. It's true, but like he, the he, is, him being a spoiler candidate is it is, will is make a big important. deal at, for next episode, which right. is the election episode, which I'm right. really excited for. It's so funny. It's also funny to me that Connor is like not at all campaigning. He's just like at Jean George in the morning and <laughs> visiting his dad. At, well, he at did. The he, he remember he left a bunch of what did he call them? Working like, class whites working in Cleveland. Working class whites in Cleveland. He did have it to the honeymoon states. But he didn't go. I know. Well, whatever. He clearly doesn't need to. There have been times when I realized I shouldn't have trusted my gut. Like... 
watching that extra show when I know I really should go to sleep because I have to wake up early or buying that pair of shoes that I really don't need. Probiotics can help with most of your gut decisions, but if your gut needs a little support, Ritual has your back. I love Ritual. I used to take Ritual's prenatals. It made me feel so strong and healthy during my pregnancy. My nails were so strong. My hair was great. I just really love the brand. Their three-in-one supplement includes a prebiotic, probiotic, and postbiotic with two of the world's most clinically studied probiotic strains Postbiotics provide fuel to the cells that make up the gut lining to support a healthy gut barrier. Ritual's delayed release capsules are designed to help survive the harsh conditions of the upper GI tract. It's an all-in-one minty capsule and there's no refrigeration needed. And Ritual uses scientific tools to select lower carbon packaging, prioritizing sustainability sourced ingredients, and set ambitious climate goals. There's no more shame in your gut game. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. Get 25% off your first month for for a limited time at ritual.com slash betches. Start Ritual or add Symbiotic Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash betches for 25% off. 50 high school senior girls descend on Mobile, Alabama every summer to compete for a massive cash prize. It isn't Survivor. It's one of America's most lucrative scholarship competition for teen girls. It's been around for seven decades. Now you'll hear what took place behind the scenes. From Pineapple Street Studios in Wondery comes the competition. Host Shima Oliai was Nevada's contestant nearly 20 years ago. Now she's returning as a judge to find out what two weeks with 50 of the country's most ambitious teens can tell us about girlhood in America. What happens when the competitor are thrown into the deep end with the best and the brightest? And how does surviving the competition prepare them for everything that comes after? Follow the competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of the competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. So shall we rate and discuss all of the characters through We Rate You? Because I think that there's like there's a lot of maneuvers again on this episode and the power for me, it was hard to rank because everyone was like a little bit unstable. And that's why like, I know, I know who you rank for number one boy, but I had to change it. I, I agree with you in terms of like entertainment value. I, I don't want to spoil it. Obviously who you choose, but anyway, let's do, we rate you because I found it particularly hard and I think it's going to be fun to discuss because like all of these characters are just like, it feels like they're in flux. Okay, so I actually found we rate you pretty easy, but oh, really? but it doesn't really enable us to get into a lot of the people because a lot of them aren't included in this categorization. Right. So we'll talk about the we'll talk about, you know, all these things that happen later, but for now, let's yeah. do we rate you. I think that's a good idea. Okay. Okay. So my number one boy is Connor. Yeah, my number one boy. And I know you think that that's just because of entertainment value, but I <laughs> actually think I don't think it's just because of entertainment value. I actually think Connor is the number one boy in this situation by miles. And there are many reasons for this. One, he is the only one who is actually thinking about Logan or doing anything that sort of resembles grieving. And even at the same time as the rest of the kids are sort of revealing how damaged they are and unable to rely on anyone and form a supportive relationship, which you see with both obviously Shiv and Tom and with Roman and Jerry in a weird way. Roman calls uh, Willa his, quote, wife, but he actually has a real relationship with his wife. And like, maybe they started out as transactional. Maybe Roman calls him a fucking joke, but at least he has that one person who backs him up and takes him seriously. And that is a real feat being in this family to actually have that. And then in right. terms of the election, like, he's exceeded expectations. He was never – he was fighting for 1%, and now he's actually doing really well. And, I mean, he's – regardless of the results of the election, the fact that he did better than expected is a pretty good thing for how he's getting set up, which I'm right. sure Willa explained to him. It <laughs> looks better for him not – for him to, like, spoil the fascist, definitely, I would say, like – yeah. In terms of long-term PR. And now he's parlayed this into so much leverage and potentially an ambassadorship, which is <laughs> really legit. So Connor, Connor's the number one boy, not just because he's funny. <laughs> they may be able to talk Slovenia or Slovakia. Mm, yeah, I think I'm going to know when the slows. <laughs> oh, my gosh. 
I know in the trailer that they showed Connor saying like laughing when Roman said like you should do it for the good of the republic. Yeah, but they like but the fact that twitches. they yeah, that was hilarious. But the fact that they followed it up even though they had spoiled that line, they followed it up with I thought was one of the best lines. Roman goes, "No, well, I have been authorized to make a follow-up offer. How familiar are you with Mogadishu?" <laughs> yeah, that was it was really great. Also when he goes a little car bomby. <laughs> Tell them you went. That's more <laughs> my vibration. More yeah. I thought the his every single line was hilarious. Especially the conversation. I laughed like when watching it, I laughed out loud when he was when he was trying to like convince Willa about Oman. And she was like, she she was reading on like Wikipedia. <laughs> the yeah. Sultan's word as the force of law. Great. And then he goes, at the airport, we'd walk right through. And then she goes, and this is for Mankin. All my family and friends hate Mankin. And he goes, diplomatic plates? We could work anywhere. We could basically drive on the si- sidewalk. The police can't touch you. And he, she goes, running people over is not a selling point. <laughs> oh my gosh. I was That's- dead. That was so funny because like true... <laughs> so funny oh my gosh it's like that that's what you convince like that's your selling point or like that's your pitch for oman i just right it's like you can take private jets everywhere already <laughs> connor you know also the fact that she has to ask if their compound would be underground <laughs> <laughs> wait she doesn't know where they'd actually live he's yeah. she goes so exactly where would we live in oman he's like yeah. in muscat i should think <laughs> in a compound no. she goes will it be above ground <laughs> of course willa also, um, also it's also like the, he doesn't know. <laughs> I know. No. And like the dad jokes about when he goes, Oman, poor poor man Saudi Arabia or rich man's Yemen. I have to check, see what my woman thinks about Oman. It oh was my just God. so funny. I okay. So going back to the rankings, I agree with you that like he is he's leveling up in this episode. I think he takes more steps forward before he was sort of like just like flat to me. Yeah. Like he wasn't, he was running background. He wasn't really that important, but yeah, now he's less of a joke. I'd say as a sibling, he's more important. That said, though, that said, though, I don't think that he's number one boy because a Logan would not appreciate that he's. I mean, yeah, as his role because he's not in business, but not appreciate a sibling like not focusing on the Gojo deal. So, like, yeah, he's he's dealing with the funeral. I don't think Logan ever cared for Connor having anything to exactly. do with it. Exactly. That's why I'm saying like he's he maybe not maybe he's number one boy he in could the be sense like he's he, better. Oh no, he could be embarrassing the shit out of the family right now. Like right. think think about what could really be happening with Connor if things went in another direction. Like remember when he threw an absolute shit fit about the butter? No, I know. Now he's going to be in Berlin by Christmas, Aileen. I know. He's coming up through the Balkans. This is what I mean. But what I mean is just because he's going from embarrassing to slightly less embarrassing. No, he's not. No, now he's real. (laughs) No, I know. He's real now. Okay, like I hear you. But here's who my my number one boy is. And again, like I asterisk it, caveat it with a for now. Um, I think Kendall, don't crucify me people <laughs> did they crucify you last time no you <laughs> oh no i don't just because okay. i don't really the, like buy the, kendall's bullshit but i don't no. buy yeah. his bullshit either but in terms of this episode again he did well he, he did well and the last scene I'll, again i'm gonna add why i think there's a caveat but the last scene when he's actually talking um and like sort of strategizing about reshaping the deal and Waystar buying Gojo, I think Logan would have like apps. That's very in line with something Logan would do, and that's that's le- that has more stable ground, you know, because there's real there's real issues to be. And they also found out about the blood, and they found out about India, which Shiv did not find out about. She didn't get that from our friend Matson. Yeah, Shiv would have to look at some actual business papers to figure that exactly. out. Exactly. <laughs> and Kendall had a good speech, minus his moment of silence. And he sort of just – and he handled that like really bad, awkward tete-a-tete that was very public at this party with Madsen, gets Madsen to say something again like like bad where he says like, oh, that's gay, just like very bad taste in commentary so I think that to me, I thought Kendall did like a really good job, like holding it together. The reason why I said for now is because the one place where he's going to fuck up 
is cutting his siblings out. Because I think that is going to be his failure. The other part that he didn't do well, actually, was with Nate. I fucking hate Nate. I literally think he's a slimy little slivery, whatever the word is. He reminds me of the like the bad monster in Monsters Inc. Like I just can't. <laughs> like <laughs> I wish I knew that reference. <laughs> I just I and I haven't even watched it. Like with me, like watch it. Like but I remember from when I was younger. Oh, I'm gonna but he that. just just gives me the ickiest of ick vibes. But he did have a good line. That like he's like Kendall, like I don't like the ten tenor of this conversation. Like I'm not Gil and you're not Logan, and that's a good thing. And it was sort of like a moment that me I I hope Kendall took seriously, but maybe he only heard the you're not Logan. I'm not sure. I don't yeah. know. Well, I actually think he didn't he missed out on the fact that, you know, you're not Logan is a good thing. Yeah, like I, that- I think that, yeah, he missed. I'm not sure if he heard it because the next move was is this conversation with Frank. No, I don't think he internalized it as the compliment that it was. <laughs> yes, that it was. Okay, I actually agree with you out of, you know, the siblings and Tom and Greg, mm-hmm. let's say. They are that Kendall is in the number 1 spot because even though Shiv and Tom were hosting the party, they sort of made fools of themselves and he and and Kendall essentially, I think, commanded the party through the speech and through. I don't think the moment of silence was bad. Just Matson happened to walk in, and that kind of like it's just awkward. It up. I think it's yeah. awkward to ask for a moment of silence in a party. Like I think that's I like, guess, it's, but like it's in his, it's in like his daughter's house, and he died like three days ago. That's true. We forgot. <laughs> like he died three days ago. It, for us, it's it was not like, like weeks. <laughs> the fact that they still haven't had the funeral, I consider the funeral to be like. The part where, you know, that chapter will be closed. Like, he's still not in the ground. That's wild. And, yeah, and they all are just kind of going along with it. Like, it's ain't no thing, you know? Ain't no thing. I know. I agree. Also, funny, funny when Shiv calls him Kendall Plus. Like, (laughs) that was great. Um, The part that I also thought in this episode, like, outside of the party, that I didn't think was great for Kendall was the way he handled his conversation with Rava. That really upset me. Like that put a bad pit in my stomach in the way that he like kind of blamed her and asked her where she was. Like it was it was really shitty. But then he says this thing where he was like, it's all for his kids. And um, we've heard that show after show, character after character when like somebody says that, you know, it's never actually for your kids. Well, Logan Logan, Logan included. But it's not – he doesn't do it for his kids, you know. He just says that he does it for his kids. You know, what's his name from Breaking Bad? Says everything I do, I do for my family. It's like not – it's not real. And then he goes on and makes it even more of a joke when he says six continents. (laughs) Right. It's like you're on six continents but not in your daughter's life at all. Yeah. Yeah. He's just – she just wants him to call. But that said, like why do they need to meet to have this conversation? I feel like she could have texted, been like, can you call? Mm -hmm. She's going through some things and – um. We're having some know. issues. Like, I feel like there's a, there's, a, it, she did position this conversation where it was like, it, the way that she pitched what happened was also like, I would also react in a way that was like, what the fuck are you talking about? What do you mean? She got pushed in the street. Like, what are we talking about here? But he's also defensive because like she got pushed for where she, he works for the day. Right. I don't think but, it was like properly direct. It was like yeah. you came in person and then like weren't totally direct. Yeah, it was, but I don't really want to blame over. her because he was the one who No, totally shit. not. I hated that. Yeah. I hated it. Yeah, minus points for that. That's another demonstration that like he cannot – the kids are all realizing like they kind of all are a little bit broken and cannot receive and give love and support. But – yeah, I no, I agree yeah. with you. I think they're all a little like Logan and they're all a little li- not like Logan. I think there's parts of them that are like him, but nobody is exactly like their parent. Like, it wouldn't make right. sense D- with your DNA. <laughs> well, they're a little bit more like their parent, I think, than the average person because of how much he controlled them. Right. Most people don't go work for their parents and then constantly compete actively for succession in their company. It's just different and they're not as controlled by the money and it's they've been like trained to compete for his approval and that 
be the center of their lives. On that note, I also wanted to add, I w- so I was, li- I finally listened to like a bunch of the episodes of the like uh, Succession companion podcast, Kara Swisher. And when she interviews Kieran Culkin, Kara tells him, Roman, let's just call him Roman, which sibling do you think is more most like Logan? And he thinks that he is. And then she's like, really? Because Sarah Snook, Shiv, thinks that she is. And he's like, what the fuck? No, she is not. It was almost like the characters were like arguing. Yeah. In reality. And then he also says, he, he also says that Kendall is the least like Logan. He's like, the, it's, he's the most far from being like Logan, which is interesting true. to see Kendall as he tries to be like Logan with his dad goggles. And I hope that the today or this episode is the first sort of hint that he received that being like Logan is actually not a strength. And being like yourself might be a little bit more in your favor. Totally. I mean, he was able he was able to get that information about India out of Ebba. It was not yeah. Roman. It was fully him who intuited that whole entire thing. And that is a strength. So yeah. good for Kendall. I agree he is number one of the kids in this sitch of, you know, not including Connor. But He's I don't kid. know, maybe Connor is maybe Connor's less broken because he has like Maybe having their mother, the three of them, who is terrible, and she also told Shiv she should not have children, you know, have yeah. children, which is ironic given what happened in this episode. So maybe like that is the difference kind of between being – They have two shitty parents. <laughs> yeah, versus like and, – And Connor only had the chance to know one shitty parent. <laughs> or like who knows if his mom was shitty before Logan like sent her away. Who really knows? But Kieran Culkin – he has such amazing chemistry with every single person in the cast. And it's honestly like what a, he must be a great guy. He seems like a great guy in his interview. <laughs> yeah. He just yeah. But it's it was also funny to hear that he's like not at all like like Roman. He's like everyone thinks that just because I kind of talk like him and I have like sort of similar mannerisms, that's because I'm act like that's the way I can act like him. But really that's not I'm not like him. Yeah. He doesn't really seem like him at all. Spring has sprung, and that means it's time for some spring cleaning. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items, from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. So you can make sure you're shopping smarter, not harder, no matter what you're purchasing. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of a spring wardrobe refresh, new warm weather bedding, flight for that summer getaway. Other apps give you points that don't amount to much. With Ibotta, just add your offers in the app, upload your receipt, and you get real cash that you can cash out to your bank account, PayPal, or gift cards. Join over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers, including Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying Ibotta by using the code BETCHES when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use code BETCHES. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use code BETCHES. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them buttoned up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe place to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I love therapy. Not only are they offering you an unbiased opinion, they're also professionals in the field and they know because you could be going through something and you'll have someone to talk through it, but you could also not be going through something. Things might arise and you don't even realize something is bubbling up. I'm really good at identifying it now, but when I was like very early in my therapy, I didn't really realize I had anxiety or it was really affecting my life. And I figured that out with a therapist and I realized how it was affecting my life. And it was just such a great experience. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Betches today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Betches. Let's do out of the will. Fuck off. I think we both agreed on who's out of the will this week. 
Yeah, we are calling it Matson. Well, first thing is obviously that his company is fake. And I know that he he confessed the India thing to Shiv, but he kind of was like, what have we discovered that, you know, this was a metric? Obviously, he did that on purpose. That was what? Obviously, the numbers are fake because he made them fake. Like, they didn't just discover a metric. No, obviously. Yeah. But so, not his whole company is fake. His, no, his just the India numbers. Specific. Yeah, he's like, yeah. wet mud, For whatever, now. wet cement. So there's that. He was an asshole to Ebba. And he also was like – I know he didn't want to commit to Shiv to giving her – any sort of very, very, very significant role in the company. Three varies. <laughs> Three varies. <laughs> but he he kind of made a mistake by not doing that because he would have secured her loyalty and now he like hasn't. Yeah. Yeah. And also just the way in which he goes about his like whole vibe is feels so unprofessional. And I just – and he's, like, so casual. He had some funny lines, like, wow, cool family. <laughs> cool, cool family. Cool, cool family. Just the way he continues to act more and more makes him feel like a big joke. Like, he, it's almost as if he seemed so legit at first up in Lake Como. Um, and now he just seems, like, more and more – like, almost his, like, physical – he seems like he's getting shorter – do you know what I mean? Like he's slouch. He was like slouching more in this episode. Like his neck was like going down. I don't know how to explain it, but mm -hmm. he just seemed less powerful in this episode. And just, just by the right. way that he's sort of taking all of this Shiv, the way that Shiv is feeding him all this information. I don't know. I just I don't get the sense that he's at all as great. Also, wait. Also. To add to the, why he's not as great, Eva says that he's not even a real coder. He keeps right. that, that's like a line that keeps happening. Like Shiv keeps saying, "Oh, you're a coder in a basement. You're a coder this, coder that. You're a coder from Gothenburg. Gothenburg. He's not even a coder. So right. he it, he himself is a bit of a fake, and that's why I think Kendall like sees it. He's the one who saw it originally. Yeah, no, I I totally agree with that. I. I feel like this was kind of coming. We said this. We said his company might be Yeah, fake. we said it. We we have said this. So good for our forecast. Good for us. But basically, I, complete, I completely agree with you. He has like built himself on a house of cards and now he needs the acquisition because that's where he's filling in the fake numbers with these real numbers. But he doesn't care if they get screwed because half of their – their payment is going to be in stock in the new company, which if anyone finds this out, will screw them. So yeah, no, I think that this is – what do you think it's, it says about Logan that he didn't really clock this? Yeah, it says that Logan doesn't is an all-knowing, omniscient man who knows everything there is to know about business. Mm -hmm. um, and he's not the only one who didn't clock it. All of his other people wanted this deal to – Happened so badly as to quote Frank, la 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 la. Yeah. <laughs> like nobody wanted to hear it. Right. Because that's what happens when you're like sort of on your, when you feel like you're sort of done, when you feel like you're out and you just want your money. Right. Whereas Kendall, Shiv, and Roman, like they are more invested in their younger. And so their future matters much more to them. The other thing with the kids is that they care about the legacy and they also, mm -hmm. If they if all they cared about was the money, there wouldn't even be a show here. They care exactly. they they're like addicted to competing for the business. So they don't really like want to let it go. Even when they did want the deal to go through, they like didn't really. But mm -hmm. uh, interesting what you say about Matson becoming smaller. I think that was also partly because he was not in his element. He's mm. not on his turf this time. He's not in his like Como Villa. He's not in his retreat in Norway. And he's on the charm offense. He's on the charm offense. But he also like – I don't even as he's like – it's being revealed that he's a fraud, he is pretty astute. Like he is able to navigate for sure the situation pretty well. I thought there was one really funny line where he was like, I thought these people would be really complicated, but they're not. It's basically just like money and gossip. 
Yes, I love that. And his line where he was like, so just don't scream people are data and stick my dick in the guac. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought yeah. that was really funny. But yeah, he ha- he's still, his presence to me is still really funny and like obviously adds a lot of tension. As Kendall said, that's how you build drama. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still secretly hoping that they bring back Aronson, Josh Aronson, the investor, oh. Adrian Brody. I am praying he shows up at the funeral. I That is, still remains one of my favorite episodes because of him. I am also excited because Carrie, we haven't seen Carrie in a couple episodes. Carrie is going to do something. If she doesn't do something, if we forget about her, it wouldn't make sense to me. I mean, maybe they're trying to, they would try to be, they would be saying like, oh, these women are disposable, just like Marsha is sort of saying like how, you know, how they're saying, oh, whatever, fuck Marsha, like whatever she wants for the funeral. No, fuck that. Like, that's not what we want. I don't think that that they would do that. I don't see Carrie not doing, not pursuing something. I can see her making a splash. Yeah, I can see her dropping a lawsuit or making a splash. Yeah. Do you think? I mean, there's still there's still loose ends with all those Logan people. Like Colin was on the paper that he's getting a watch. Okay, there's but just still that, things. He's not gonna. He's not gonna reek. He's not gonna do anything. Colin was like. I think closed book on Colin. Like he was sad. Maybe he's working. He's just sort of security. He's not gonna like. No, Logan was like, "You're my best friend." Okay, I don't but think like he what just... Colin, next CEO of Moisture. No, 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 no. I think okay. The, there's no I'm way that kidding. the funeral is not going to have like everybody because they're everyone right. in the Ensemble. show is going to go. I also think Nan Pierce has to show up. Oh, funny. The what's his name? Connor's Pierce friend was yeah. Um, Easy, it, he, my liege. He's always. I love it. That was so funny. I love that he's in it too. Like he's his friend because he like gave him like this potential position last season. Yeah, oh, which so would good. happen. Connor's I don't want to go so anywhere good. that doesn't have nukes. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. Oh my god. Okay, let's do bore on the floor. <laughs> Bullshit. Bore on the floor. This is this is where we get into, I think, the ju- a juicy part. I hate the word juicy, and I hate that I say it. Let, the <laughs> Maybe you just need the, the word. <laughs> the the bar- barnacle meaty part of the episode. The earlobes of the episode. <laughs> Maybe you like the word juicy. By juicy, I mean like, you know, the meat, the part where there was just a lot of spice of this episode. So fucking spicy. So true. Okay, bore on the floor. You and I agree that it is Tom. The Tom really was the floor bore of this episode. Just everything he went through with just when he's sucking up to Madsen was really just, I'm surprised. Okay. I'm surprised that he sort of does that because you think that he has some level of like, even just by the fight, he has like emotional intelligence he like has an eq he and the way that he just sort of thinks that just sucking up to him and asking well what would be more valuable to you like is something that he thinks would get would that would go a long way like no you know he almost like does it it's sort of like a horseshoe he does it so openly that it works because usually sucking up you would assume has some sort of tacked in it but because it doesn't it's almost like okay well it it comes off easier tom is a clumsy interloper and he (laughs) is weird sometimes like when he was telling everyone to go home bedtime for bonzo like he (laughs) tom says weird shit he's like i could could kiss you from here he says weird shit all the fucking time and people just kind of take it and i kind of like that yeah but yeah so his his little suck up fest to Madsen and then him being sort of embarrassed by his own wife and everybody else casually throughout the whole party, 40 of most America's most important people hearing that he's going to get fired. I actually think that looks so much worse for Shiv. I put that than, in the recap. Oh, I, I didn't get to that part, but yeah. I really think that looks so bad on Shiv to be just like, but then again, they're getting a divorce. I don't know. It's like if you think your husband's such a fool, then why did you marry him one year ago? And also, Literally. and also, like, 
why it just makes her look like a fool. It doesn't reflect well on her. It definitely does not reflect Agreed. well on the fact that they're hosting this party and therefore the ATN brand. It's it just looks overall bad. But it also feels bad for Tom. Like it's embarrassing. And so he's literally it, the bore on the floor. Even the funny lines when he was like, get rid of some of this wines. We want a great scarcity. Oh my God. <laughs> like Don't tell them him, it's German. Yeah. Him also like when when Shiv does her usual, oh, I'm sorry, but Nate's gonna be here. You right. know, like all just the Nate stuff. I just felt bad for him. The Nate stuff was interesting because I, I've been thinking lately about Tom as like wine is very symbolic sort of of Tom because you have this whole thing with they have this vineyard with the shitty wine. He fobbed it off on her as they say in the fight. He also has this confrontation with Nate over the over wine him. and he's like, it's light and fruity. It's kind of wine that separates the connoisseurs from the weekend Malbec morons. <laughs> yeah. And he – there was also, um, you know, in the preview, he says something like, good information is like a fine wine. You save it and then you bash someone over the head with it, right. which is the epitome of Tom. And he <laughs> has this, you know, there was a whole thing where he was going to prison with the toilet wine. There's just this very interesting symbolic thing. I wonder if maybe there's something external that they Starts chose. Starts his own wine company. Yeah. Um, I I also, Frank goes, oh, the, the first thing Frank says to Kendall is like, oh, this wine smells, like, tastes like dog piss or something like that. Dog <laughs> urine. I don't remember what he said. It's fizzy. It's sophisticated. <laughs> and then Shiv does call him a conservative hick. So it's right. sort of it's interesting because like her family is sort of conservative. But <sighs> hick is really the... The hick was the bad line. So let's talk about the fight. Okay, so the fight. So... In the fight, I really do – just going back to us talking about Tom and his, like, sort of position in this episode, even though he was humiliated in front of everyone, I really think that he um, won the fight. I thought so, too. Okay. I really think that his – towards the end, Shiv was just calling him names, and he was saying – with the exception of the really, really shitty – you really, I don't really think you should have children. I think that, because I, I don't think that's like a winning line. I think that's really cruel. But that said, he, she refuses to have, to his. have his children. Yeah. <laughs> but, or I don't does know she? if there's a big elephant Sh in the room. Schrodinger's here. fetus. <laughs> exactly. I just, I think that he had like the most sort of insightful digs at her. Like he really has, he, he's really smart when it comes to like reading people. And under and and he does seem like he was coming from a place of love, but I really think that by the end of the fight, I don't, I don't think that there's love left for Tom. I think he's too hurt. But that said, and I don't, we can get into the forecast later. I don't think this fight means that it's the end of their relationship. I do think that he's not going to love her as much after this whole argument. Because the way – after he told her that his career is so important to her, she still did this to him. That's a good point regarding the career. I yeah. – yeah. Well, that also I think could just sort of be a reflection of her total lack of any sensitivity and thoughtfulness about other people rather than like – Which is what he says. Purpose, which is true. I agree with you. He won the fight not only because his digs were incredibly on point but because – they were sort of – those were what – that's what was due between them. They each said what was due. I think they – at the end of the day, Tom has used Shiv for her name. But he does love her also. Yeah. And I think that that is – anyone who is with her is going to probably use her for her name in some capacity. But he loves her in – more than probably anyone else in her life in a in a less complicated way in a, than anyone else in yeah. her life does. And she she did kind of walk all over him to a point where she couldn't take it anymore. And he did betray her, but in a weird way that kind of like kind of made her respect him a little bit more. And mm -hmm. I agree with you also that this isn't going to be the end of their relationship. I think this was just the fight they needed to have and now that they're over to clear the air yeah now that these things are out there can be a repair 
of some sort. And Tom, maybe he won't love her. I don't think it's that he'll love her less. I think that it's that he will see himself more clearly and respect himself more and see her more clearly Yeah, and realize that she's not that much better than him because totally. she thinks she thinks like I'm better than you and it's always been that way and that's where this all begins. It's like actually why are you better than him just because your last name is Roy? Like she's not actually better than him and I think he finally sees that and that can make them more on an equal playing field and then she can respect him more. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Maybe like love isn't – I don't know. I just, Love doesn't have to be the core of their partnership. Which we know it isn't anyway. But I think when when even Shiv was talking about like calling Tom names and saying all this all this stuff that was didn't really have a lot of um like support. Like, oh, you're just servile. You're just servile. She was just like calling him, giving like oh like sort of just being like meh. I think But that's because um, she wasn't able to say, I can't respect you because you are servile. She's servile too. <laughs> I think that like he's it's just, in a div- he's obsequious. I just think that even when she was going through all that, saying those things, I was like, who better for her than Tom? Like, there's no one better for her than, like, what about Tom is so bad? What, that he has doesn't have, he doesn't have a rich family? That's really the only thing. Like, he doesn't come from status. I think that's the only thing that, that makes him at a low, in her eyes, at a lower position. But in reality, he's, he's willing to say shit to her all of this shit to her and he's willing and he got favor from her dad i think the 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 best line that he did come back to her with was that like it's not his fault that you didn't get approval from him i gave you so much approval and it didn't matter because you're broke yeah. i just like thought that was like amazing acting just on tom's part i felt like tom was really really good and shiv was great but tom was just like he Tom really, was incredible in that scene. Incredible. Like like you felt his his feelings in in your body like just as vibrations. Like you felt the hurt that he says like you've hurt me in in ways you can't even imagine. And again like because she again like embarrassed him about his career even when he thought that they were together. I don't know. He did give her that Stupid scorpion. I don't, <laughs> That's because he's weird. No, I think it was, again, like backhanded. Like, I think that it was like, oh, these are part of our little games. Right. Um, but I don't think he meant it to like hurt her because he's a weirdo. Like, who? where do you even get such a thing? On short notice? It's been a day. Um, I know. I, I don't know. I think that it was a little backhanded. It's like, I kill you, you kill me. LOL, Jeff. Like... I, I don't think it was necessarily like out of this love. It was sort of like, oh, let's keep no. playing our game. But she, who, again, is pregnant with his kid and has not told him yet, yeah. thought maybe like, oh, we can continue like growing our love. But she remembered that it's actually, okay, no, we're still sort of hate loving each other. Well, why would he – and forgive him for thinking that when she's no, incredibly sure. turned on by being berated. Like, <laughs> you know. I agree. I agree. I know. Like, like, I, like, I don't think it wasn't out of love. I don't think it was as – I don't think he was trying to express love with it. I think he was trying to just – I think he didn't understand the mood she was in in that right. particular moment. No, that's what I mean. Yeah. That's what I mean. And also, well, now he at least – he would never have said the thing about the kids if he knew she was pregnant. No, never. Never. He's because, I think he's especially yeah. devastated by the fact that she won't have his kids. She thinks, oh, you're with me for my DNA. But he actually isn't. And I do think he wants kids. Like he's sort of a little bit traditional. He's a conservative hick, as she says. Mm-hmm. He probably wants he probably genuinely wants kids. And it's hit him like she doesn't want them because she thinks this is a short-term thing. Yeah. So I don't know. I definitely feel bad for Tom, but he's also like the most emotionally in tune with reality Mm -hmm. in a weird way. I agree. 
If you're looking for simple but quality products for your five-minute makeup routine or want full-face glam that'll stun on a night out, Thrive Cosmetics has a full line of makeup to refresh your everyday look. Thrive Cosmetics beauty products are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, made with clean, skin-loving ingredients, high-performance and trademarked formulas, and uncompromising standards. It's easy to see why their bestsellers have thousands of five-star reviews. My long-standing favorite, as you already know, is their mascara, but my favorite thing about Thrive is that they also support communities that we care about and do their best to give back. And while you know how much I love their mascara, right now I am loving their new Brilliant Eye Brightener. It is a highlighter stick made to brighten and open up your eyes, giving you an instant eye lift. You just apply it to the inner corner of your eyes to look rested and effortless. You can also use it as an eyeshadow for a perfect daytime glow or use the metallic shades for an easy smoky eye. It goes on very easily, making it easy to blend any of the 16 shades. Perfect for a five-minute makeup or a full-face glam. Spring is a great time to refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. And right now you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com betches. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash Betches for 10% off your first order. I'm Betches co-founder Aileen, and as you may know, we have been in the media game for a minute. And between meetings, podcasting, dinners, etc., I need a wardrobe that works with me, not against me. And that's why Lee is a staple in my wardrobe. I recently got this white jacket, jean jacket from Lee, and I got their button-down I must say that the quality is very, very good because when you wear a button down, it is very difficult to find one that doesn't kind of come apart. And this one is not only very soft and comfortable, like I can move my arms around, but I really, really like it. It just looks really cute. And it's like Western, Western's so in right now. And then I also love the white jacket I got. It's like off white, but it has this blue stitching and it's like, I'm gonna wear it over the shoulders, perhaps on my vacation. I'm just really into it. And Denim trends come and go, but Lee is legendary for creating denim cuts that fit your body. Their denim gets better with age and their classics fit into every look. Lee's denim jacket is the one to reach for without fail. It's a classic. The Ryder jean jacket is the OG and what every other brand has copied for decades. Everyone is an icon in their own right and Lee makes denim so people can own their style and feel good in their clothes. Their spring collection is here, so get the freshest looks and cuts before anyone else. You can find your Lee fits by visiting lee.com, that's L-E-E dot com, that's L-E-E dot com to shop spring looks now. What do you think they were each thinking when they were up at night? Oh, so that was the, this is going to get me to the forecast. What did I think when they were both thinking? I think Tom was scheming. Because there is no way that he's just going to let like let this go. Like there's just no way. I think Tom was just sort of taking all the points in in that moment. He knows now that the, the numbers are shit. That actually Matson's not the real deal. He knows all of these things. He's probably processing the fight with Shiv. Maybe he, again, because he's emotionally in tune, he's just maybe picking up cues. I don't know from that conversation. What next? What what do I do next? I think he's think, well, thinking about how he can take it over it all. And also election day is tomorrow. So that's a big deal. Yeah. Notice how he wasn't sleeping despite being so tired. I, I thought that was funny too. But also, even Schiff, though Schiff Schiff says was like, that he doesn't do anything, just walk around and like what? Look, what did he say? Look at shiny heads. Look at shiny foreheads. I was going to say that. I was like, no, actually, he's trying to keep his job. He cares about his career. She doesn't really take it seriously. She no. doesn't internalize anything about anyone other than herself, and that is very much true. But I, I'm with you on the forecast. I One thing I do think is that he – I ultimately think that the, the three children are going to turn on Matson, but then they're going to turn on each other. And Shiv and Tom – can maybe come to a place where they're, you know, partners in crime, sort of not crime, but, you know, partners in taking over because they're the only one who has kind of like a teammate with the same ambition as them. Yeah. And that is really helpful. And they now have this bond of this child. So. There is that. It's just, again, like, in, that's what I was saying. It was in flux. Like, Shiv is a little bit like, I don't know what to do again. Like Matson is actually shit. And I just think now it's going to blow up my spot. And 
Roman and Kendall are going to realize, but what she doesn't realize is that Kendall is dropping her anyway. They don't, yeah. right? And Roman is so obsessed with Mencken that I think that's going to kind of hurt him and all the firings and the Jerry stuff. I think he's, again, also on unstable ground, like the way that he sort of lost it with Connor. There was a really funny line there. He's like, Con, man, eat the fucking carrot, okay? Everyone in this room thinks you're a fucking joke. So tell your wife to shut the fuck up, cover her shoulders, and pack a fucking bag for Oman. That was one of the best <laughs> cover lines. Cover your shoulders. Cover your shoulders. <laughs> right? It's so fucking funny. Also, where he goes over to Connor when he's first going to bring this proposal from Mencken, he's like, can I steal you for a sec? And he does yeah. like a bachelor thing. And then when he and goes over to- his face was very Alexis Rose. So funny. And then there was one where he goes over to Jerry initially and he's like, let me guess, I'll have a vodka martini. Yeah, that was really fun. It sounded just like her. It did. I actually had to rewind because I wasn't sure who it was. Right. It sounded just like her. Yeah, I thought Roman was really funny in many ways in this episode, but I think because you could sense his anxiety yeah, and his weakness is sort of in a way- should be his should be a strength, but actually his weakness is underestimating his siblings' ability to just cut to fuck each other. Like, yeah. remember when he was the ones like we promise we won't fuck you? Right. He promises, but Shiv won't promise. Kendall won't promise. And yeah. Shiv knows that they will. So that's why she's on her 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 moves. Roman is definitely becoming a little bit unmoored without any sort of support, if that much mm-hmm. is very clear. And I I think you're right. Like the ATN stuff is going to screw him. The firings are going to screw him. And honestly, if if we weren't counting Matson, I would put Roman as my out of the will mm. because I think that he is kind of – he's losing ground in his position. I did think it was interesting at the end that he picked the – he wanted to, you know, step up and say and do the eulogy. I was kind of thinking that Connor would have been the best one to do the eulogy, <laughs> but – I think Romans will be funny. So. Yeah. Well, I'm he excited. does love his dad the most. <laughs> That's true. I think it makes sense. Well, they both, I think he and Connor and Shiv all love him. And and Logan, he wasn't Logan's favorite at, at the very end. He wanted to bring him in. He wanted yeah. to make him head of ATN. But just going back to forecast and Shiv, Tom, Kendall, man, this is really hard. I really think Tom is not going to let anything go. He's going to fight fight to the death. He's going to fight to the end. And whether that's with or without Shiv, I think he thinks he needs Shiv though. And that's probably part of what I think he was scheming when he was in bed. I was like, how am I going to, even though we had this fight, how are we going to get back? Or how am I going to betray her again so that I still come out on top? I think that's less likely for him because he, again, everybody's unstable. Nobody has anything to anchor, anyone to anchor to. And that's what I, that's what I mean by Logan was, his absence was almost louder than his like sort of presence. Because everybody was sort of just floating in the ocean alone, like, help me, and needed a lifesaver and nobody, there's no one to throw one. I do think Tom is not going to lose. I I wonder what will happen with Greg because he's kind of taking Kendall's side, but keeping Greg on the warmer. It's interesting to see Greg and Tom like discuss Greg's strategy. It wasn't like Greg was doing it behind his back. It was like Tom is like, okay, you're so you're going with the with the sibs, right? Like, while well, I'm going yeah. with Matt's. Yeah. Um, like that was funny because they're still sort of like BFF. Um, I liked that in a way because it didn't feel like Greg was like going behind Tom's back. It was like an understand understanding between the two of them. Right. I thought Greg was um Greg was pretty funny in this episode with the firing things. Matson asked, like, how did you do get like a hundred scalps in three days? <laughs> yeah. And and he's like, You underestimated me. And that's exactly how I wanted it to be, Lucas. <laughs> yeah. And then he asked him, like, how do you do it? He's like, I don't know. I just do it. Just jackknife right in there and slit their throats. <laughs> and he's like, it must be like awkward. Afterwards, a little shitty, right? Honestly, not really. HR says I'm the right guy because it looks like I care, but I don't. <laughs> it's like, wow, Greg's a dick. And then he starts so like, CEO. and then he starts like mocking Ebba, and he's like, "See, that's not the attitude we want for an employee in our company." So such a dick. He was so, such a dick. Yeah, um, Ebba was really funny yeah, too. Yes, Ebba was funny. She's also going to be. I don't know. The, the, also, the she's also going to be like a 
part that I think will help whoever, Kendall, one of them. She did already. Exactly. It was so awkward when Madsen was sort of calling her out in front of them when he was – in the beginning when he was like, oh, communications director doesn't like communicating, like shit like that. I was just like, oh, God, like stop berating this woman. You already sent her your blood. Like leave her alone. What about yeah. when he was like – she came back to Oscar and she was like, I've seen him cut your balls a hundred times. Yeah, it's a little <laughs> bit boring. <laughs> See, she's not like – She's not bad at communicating. She's just in a hostile work environment, one might yes. say. But Clearly. I think I thought it was pretty notable that she wasn't going to tell Roman about the India thing. Right. She, he's like, India? Like, I feel like I know what that is. But uh, <laughs> I know the details. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And Kendall and got it. Kendall's like, can I bum a cigarette? And I thought that that was very emblematic of his way of going about things is that he kind of like, you know, tries to get fucked at the party. <laughs> Mm-hmm. He's he's not afraid to be a little obvious, but he can speak yeah. to people. I think he can speak to people for the most part. And he, when you said obvious, like yeah, he's not he's he makes his intentions known, but he doesn't he doesn't make them seem like bad intentions. Right. Like if he makes the person sort of trust him that he's not gonna like go and stab him, stab them in the back in a way. Yeah. I think he's one of the few He's one of the only siblings, I think, that can actually speak to people outside the family. Right, which like is funny the rest because of them Roman so... was supposed to be that guy. Yeah, but he really can't. He... Yeah. He, he can't. can't. And even Connor doesn't actually go to any campaign events. He just has the people around. Like, they came to his wedding, but he didn't speak to anybody. Right. Kent, that's what I mean, like, by the last episode where Kendall won because he was able to sort of – he was able to pitch. He's a sales guy. And he can connect with people because he can get – that's exactly what you do. You have to be able to connect. Funny that cigarette scene reminded me of Friends when Rachel needs – like feels like she needs to smoke cigarettes to like get with her boss who smoke on the roof. So she like kind of fakes it. I don't totally remember that, but oh, that sounds it reminded like, me of yeah. that. would want a cigarette though. That's the difference. No, yeah. You, yeah. you have to be willing to smoke to get – Info from a smoker. <laughs> they respect it among the smoking community. <laughs> smoking Not community. everyone wants to stand in the rain just for a nicotine <laughs> hit, and like we take ourselves very seriously in the smoking community. Right. Or, you know. Definitely. Like, hey, did you notice actually something that it was raining? during Kendall's speech and then it was not raining at the other times they were out on the balcony. Not sure if that's like a, a shooting thing or if that was done on purpose. Maybe Just they have a like a roof. Maybe no, they have an not. overhang. They did not have an overhang. Maybe it just stopped raining. <laughs> Maybe. That's what I'm suggesting. Yeah. Okay. Wondering. <laughs> Anyway, important plot. Impl- no, important just, to the plot. no, I'm not saying it was important to the plot. I just sometimes I notice these things. Um, funny, also funny part was the like in the in the post episode, like whatever they call it, controlling the narrative when um, Sarah Snook was saying that like during that argument, like all of the buildings were were um, echoing everything that they were saying. So it was like kind of added to the um, challenge of fighting on that balcony, which I thought was cool. Because they were really high up. Did I say this earlier that this that the episode was directed by a husband and wife couple? No. Okay. I meant maybe I meant to say it earlier, but it yeah. So I learned that from the Succession Companion podcast, and I thought that that was a really probably really helped make it. I mean, they didn't write it, but I thought that and uh, actually in the podcast, Matthew McFadden said that they pretty much adhered like 95% to the script, but that it was very much written by the writer. So I thought that was very interesting. Again, I think maybe, I don't remember if I said this earlier, but the fact of them being like on the balcony, I heard so many people said to me like, I thought he was going to jump. And it's like, he wasn't going to jump, but they wanted it to feel again, unstable. Yeah. It felt tense up there because of the the party. Right. Who could hear what they were saying? I'm sure everyone. The glass. Yeah. So they have sound. And also glass. that that balcony was where he burned all of those papers with Greg. Like I recognized that moment. Um on the other side where Shiv was standing. I thought that was interesting because that's the other bal- main balcony scene in their balcony. Another thing he did for Logan. Mm-hmm. Well himself, but yeah, for Logan. But Logan like made him. Right. 
Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think Shiv, I think what I was going to say was that I don't think that that fight, like you said, is going to break them. I think it's going to bring them closer, but I don't know if it's going to be for love. I think that they both realize that they still need each other regardless of that. I think maybe though there's nothing now left unsaid. I, I agree. I think the fight was more reparative than it was destructive personally because they needed to get those things out. Otherwise, they could not come back together. Especially for her to tell him now, like like now that there's like sort of a blank slate, now she can sort of tell him when she wants to. She's going to be showing soon. Like there's just no way that she's pregnant. Like she, she you show at 20 weeks. So I just... Right, I she's don't really it. know how how she's getting away with that, but but she, again, it's only day it's by only day, and day. I think that's why they that's part of why they're getting away with the pregnancy being a big secret. She doesn't seem like she's tired. I feel like pregnant women are famously tired, and she is not. And Tom is the tired one. <sighs> yeah, he's so tired. He's stressed. He's so stressed. Well, so is she. She thinks that she's gonna everything's gonna blow up. She has not once complained about you know anything pregnancy related. <laughs> Being tired, right? Yeah. I think maybe because like they got the first trimester out of the way. So like second trimester, you get more energy. You know, she's not around like running around after a toddler. She's not doing anything like physically active. So she's probably – Getting know, driven places. She's getting driven places. She's not really like expending a lot of energy outside besides, you know, just like texting with Madsen. <laughs> like there's nothing really that she's doing. And sexing Going to breakfast with Tom. at Jean-Georges, yeah. How are they having all this sex? And they're, they've obviously been naked by now. So how exactly. are they having all this sex and he doesn't realize? Maybe he just thinks she gained exactly. weight while they were like not really together. There's just no She could have just gained it, weight. It doesn't look like that. It doesn't look like weight. Who knows it's where like, she holds her weight? She might just go to her, her middle. No, but it, like, it doesn't look like that. Like He's a man. He doesn't fucking know. Maybe he doesn't know. And she keeps like maybe some lingerie on. Like that's possible. Yeah, that's um, <laughs> We're talking very specifically here. I mean, they were very specific in the text messages. They were. And also in that scene, they blurred out to who that text was. And you thought it was to Nate. Because Kendall just goes, can you text Nate? And then they show right. Tom on the other line. You're like, oh, wait. that It's actually to Tom. That I had to rewind that. Yeah. Yeah. But excited for election episode. The election day, and then I'm assuming the funeral. Like, when is this man going in the ground? Is very concerning to me for some reason. It's got to happen after the election, okay? Because well, they can't make the finale the funeral. I don't think so. Yeah, I agree with you. That is it for this week's recap. Be sure to give us a rating if you love this show. If you love at batches, if you love succession recaps from at batches from us. You can follow the show on Apple or Spotify or wherever you're listening now. We have new episodes every single Monday. There will be three more of these that we know of. So be sure to subscribe so you don't miss our next episode or follow us on Spotify. We also have written recaps on Betches.com. They come out on Monday afternoons. And you can follow me at Sammy. And you can follow me at Aileen. And until next time, we here for you. ATM, we here for you. At Betches is produced by Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Pico, Rebecca Sosmacat, and Aliza Zim. Editing by Basilio Perez. Be sure to follow At Betches on Instagram and send us your emails to podcast at Betches.com. Betches.